0: Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is the Cincinnati postgame breakdown, and breakdown is what happened pretty much on the offensive end of the court as the Illini barely hit the 50-point mark, losing 71-51 to to the Bearcats in a massive upset when the Illini were favored by around 10 points. Kedrick, there's a lot to say, and yet there's not much to say. What are your thoughts on on this particular effort tonight?
1: Well, typically, when these kind of things happen, they always tell you to wait twenty four hours before you say something. But I'm doing a lot of soul searching because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice because this is a podcast and people you know enjoy listening to us. But I'm gonna tell you, there's nothing, absolutely nothing good about this at all, and they have a lot of problems, and this isn't gonna go away fast. I've told people before and this isn't for me to pat myself on the back. When I did the podcast a couple, you know, a couple nights ago, I said shooting is an issue. When you shoot 30 something percent from the field and 20 percent from three, you're not going to win games. You Demonte Williams hadn't scored a point in the last two games. Trent Frazier didn't score tonight. Colvin Hawkins had two points. You are not going to win basketball games by doing that. And to me You know, I tweeted this earlier. You can have all the X's and O's you want, Mike, but the game is still basic. You still have to put the ball in the basket. You still have to play defense. And as basic as that is, they are struggling to do it. Tonight, I mean, and as good as Kofi is and as he he was, teams are going to see what they did. If you don't make shots, Kofi's not going to give you 20 and 10 anymore because people are going to clamp down on him and they're going to make it extremely tough for him to score. And so whoever that is, at some point, to be honest it was me. At the 10-minute mark, I, I would have played the freshman, even though I know you couldn't play Luke Gooding because he was hurt um, as, as reported. you got to send a message because this isn't working. And you don't want to lose the whole season. And you don't want to panic. But you got to try to win games. And if they can't make shots, you give the freshman kids a chance.
0: Yeah, the thing that frustrated uh, me as a, as a guy who's coached some basketball is the amount of standing around on the offense. Um, there was very little movement and, and it was kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the high pick and roll, uh, Loyola seems to have written the book on it. And now, um, you know, people are finding ways to stop it and the wings can't get open. And the guy with the balls got to dribble a lot. Um, and, and I just, you know, there's, there's just nobody who can create their own shot out of Curbelo, but you don't know what shot that's going to be when he gets frustrated. And I think we're really seeing where Io's, you know, greatness was. Um, and, of course, I'm one of the people who put him on my Mount Rushmore, so I think I'm qualified to give him some kudos here. But, um, you know, he you know he was able to go out and get his own shot. And right now, if Curbelo can't hit somebody – in the shooting pocket or in in a run to the basket or in an alley-oop, it it seems like the ball goes down and then gets passed to somebody else. Uh, uh, You know, that's assuming there's not a turnover or something. What do you do, Ked? You've coached for years. What do you do when an offense bogs down and there's no movement like what
1: we saw tonight? Well, the one thing, first thing I would do is I would tell my team, now I don't want to see the behind the back passes anymore. <laughs> I have seen enough of those. Yeah. I've seen there I'm not gonna call guys out, but there were three or four players who did that. Those are wasted scoring opportunities. Tonight, you're right, they did the high pick and roll, or they, they did that last year. Now they went back to the dribble weave and there was no, there was no movement except for throw it around the perimeter a few times. And then hopefully you you know you get a breakdown. If you don't get a breakdown, then you're gonna, you know, then what you have is Carbello trying to go one-on-one, and then he overcommits himself. I mean, he thinks so much. He makes the game more difficult than what it really truly needs to be, I think, at this point. They need to go back to the basics. And I would – for me, to answer your question about coaching, I'd run sets. I'd run sets. There's a lot of coaches out there who run sets because to get guys shots where they're comfortable at. Because to me, getting Carbello shots where he can get to the basket is where he's comfortable. Getting Kofi anywhere around the basketball is, is comfortable. Getting Trent on the baseline is why we get shots for him. And, I mean, honestly, and I know Austin Hutcherson has been hurt, and I love Demonte Williams. He has given Illinois all he has. You cannot have a guy on the floor who can't give you any point production like that. I don't care. This is Division One basketball. That can't happen. Even if it's six free throws, those things to me that you need. And, honestly, I think R.J. Melendez, I mean, granted it was late, he is showing the ability to score. He's not afraid. I know like, said Luke Goody was hurt. And Brandon can shoot a little bit. Austin Hutchison the shots he missed, they looked good. Plummer has been a major disappointment. I'm starting to like Omar Payne a little bit more and more, even though for some reason he didn't play a lot tonight, second half. I think he's going to be huge. But we need, or they need, to get the ball and scoring opportunities in pockets or position where they can score, Mike. Because at this point, you know, you know I, I know there's a game tomorrow against Arkansas or, you know, Kansas State, but if they don't get this figured out, when they play Arizona at home, they could lose about 40 at home to a team like that. They can't shoot 30% from the field against teams like that and win.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- th- this, it's funny because at, at one point, you know, I don't know, they went from 23 to eight and that's when the disaster started, but you know, the, the, the def- the offense had, you know, four to six possessions straight. And it happened a couple times, you know, where, where they didn't score and you just, I mean, you did, it's just brutal. You gotta, you gotta do something to get, to get the ball in the, in the bucket. And, and I, I, what I found very interesting tonight and I need to break down the film, but you know, Jacob Grandison has had some good games. I mean, You know, he he was tonight. Yep, yeah, he was over. You know, and um, you know, how do you get a guy that that you know goes double digits and then goes over three? You know, only getting three shots is that's that's a tough thing to do. Um, you know, he
1: passed them up though. Mike, he passed up a lot of shots that I think a lot of kids did. I think they became gun shy. Yeah, I agree. Miss. Then another couple of kids did miss. I don't. I'm, this is one thing I don't know because I'm not in the huddle, but I, it didn't look like it. I will say this: when you just you made a comment, when you go five six minutes without a bucket, I personally, me as a coach, I had plays designed where I'm gonna either get me a layup or I'm gonna get fouled to get a free throw to stop the bleeding. Yep. you have to demand that, and I don't know if he did that. I didn't see it. But that doesn't mean because we didn't see it that he didn't call it because I know what kids are like, and sometimes they'll do their own thing. You know, I just saw a bunch of stupid mistakes out there, fouling guys, and I will say this, as bad as the one I played, Cincinnati didn't miss either. You know, they made some tough shots, and I know that's demoralizing. It look, they look deflated. You know, a lot of people are asking who the leader on this team is. It's Kofi Coburn and it's Cabello, but Cabello needs to learn. He is really, really. he needs to learn and this is not going to be a quick fix for him. I, I thought for sure he'd come out. I mean, he was good early on, but some of the mistakes that he made were some of the same ones he made last week. And I want to see him grow. I want to see him make the game become easier for him. Then those things that he likes to do, I think will become easier for him. But I don't, this is frustrating and I know the coaches, they're not going to say anything. They're frustrated. You can see it on their faces. They sat on the bench and a lot of fans thought they quit, Mike, coaching. What do you do when they come down and, you know, you're struggling and then you, one of your guards come down, no pass, and just jack up a three, and when you have them able one or two all season? That makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, and, and I will tell you, you know, Cincinnati, you know, was uh, um, they ended up shooting 41-4. And, you know, they got a little bit of a hot streak towards the end. you know, it, it was with a minute, two minutes to go that they were still in 38%. So it's amazing to me that you can hold a team right around 40, you know, and, and end up losing by 20 points. I mean, that is just hard to do. And then you go up and you take a look at Illinois shooting and my God, 28.1% is a bad night from the three. And that's what they shot overall. And then, and then 13.6 from the three point arc. And that's only because of the late three pointer from, from Plummer. And, 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 you know, I mean, three for 22 is amazing. And, and ironically, you know, Plummer was was at least um, two for five from the three, so he shot forty percent from there. <laughs> and the rest of the team, you know, you take out his two for five, and the rest of the team is one for seventeen. And and I, I got to be honest with you, I don't know if if Illinois can go out and and beat, um, you know, Champagne Centennial if they're shooting three for twenty two. They're not going to,
1: Mike. Listen, I know where your heart is and it's in the right place, but they're not going to. It's not going to happen. If they don't get this figured out, this is going to be a long season. I was talking to a few people earlier and and they were talking about these losses are going to hurt. These are resume builders because the conference isn't very good right now. It's just not. You got one team, to me, that's better than all the other ones, and that's Purdue. And everybody else is kind of on an even playing field. So whoever figures it out between Illinois, Michigan, Maryland, Ohio State, they're going to be the team who's probably going to get a decency in the tournament just based off the Big Ten's reputation. But what they're doing right now, this is bad. I mean, I thought for sure everybody did. It wasn't just me. They knew coming into this, this was going to be a guaranteed win against Cincinnati because you knew Kofi was coming back. And he looked good. He really did. But, again, X's and O's all you want you got to put them on the basket. I don't know what they shot from the free throw line. I didn't get a chance to look at it, but good teams don't miss free throws. You know, um, I think go, moving forward, if Austin Hutchinson can stay healthy, he's got to get some minutes. He's got to take some minutes from people who aren't scoring. You can give me all the defense and passing and rebounds all you want. You got to score.
0: Well, and, and I'll be honest with you, tonight – Kofi was four for four from the free throw line. The team was 16 for 21. Now I'm not saying that's a perfect night from the free throw line, but 77, you know, 78% if you round it up, or excuse me, 76%. I'm, I'm sitting here looking the wrong way. Um, 76% as a team, you know, I'm not saying it's where it should be, but you can live with that. The the thing that, that you know, the thing that got me was it's 23 to eight. You've got, you've got players, you've got two fouls on each of the bigs and you take Kofi out and you stop going inside. I mean, the game, and and then that's when on the offensive end with Kofi out, you turned into possession after possession of nothing happening. um, And, and pretty quickly the game turned into a game and and to me, when you have Kofi scoring automatically at will on the inside there, you got foul trouble coming. I know people don't want to hear this because it sounds like Coach Bielma, but I keep throwing it into Kofi as boring as it is, and I try to foul out the other team until until they find a significant way to stop it. And and then the last thing is is our shooters, you would think when Kofi's in there at, at, like that, you know, there's gonna be opportunities to get an open shot on the wing for a three just because players have to cheat in a step to try to prevent the ball and, you know, to be able to help on the inside. And, and we couldn't take advantage from the three, you know, I mean, we, we wouldn't even pull no. the trigger.
1: No. And, when, and that's what's confusing to me with Trent. He's either on or he's off. And tonight there was one time he got the rebound. It was a long rebound to free throw line. <laughs> Against Marquette, he would have took the ball coast to coast. He turned right around and handed it to, to, uh, to Corbello. Even on the fast break layup that he missed, it's like he was not confident in himself. They, at some point, they're going to need a breakthrough game. And the way Kofi's game is designed, it's not going to be him. It's going to come from somebody on the perimeter or guard. And, and everybody's thinking it's going to be Kofi, or not Kofi, excuse me, Corbello, and hopefully he will. But again, I just don't know. I think it's going to take him a while. As much as I hate to admit it, it's going to take him a while to figure this out. This is not going to be easy for him. It's not.
0: What? What? Do you, you know. Here, here's a little test for you, Cad. We're gonna we're gonna give you a little test here. How many fast break points did Illinois have?
1: I want to say, if I'm lucky, I'm going to say four to six. Zero. Zero. Zero they, when they lost the lead, you know, I knew it was low because when they lost the lead, they walked them off to the four. That was an. that was also awesome. known was a very good question, by the way, Michael. Very good question.
0: I just you know, again, as I watch the game, this team has more potential, and of course, you know, potential every year is a new year, so potentials, as Harry Carey used to say, is a French word that means you haven't done doo-doo yet. <laughs> um, and and God bless Harry Carey, but I did love that. that. Uh, even though I'm a Cardinal fan, I did love that that uh, statement. But, but the bottom line is I think they're going to need – I think the defensive end of the floor is pretty stable. And I feel like – I'm not saying they're the greatest defensive team in the history of mankind, but, again, I thought they played passable defense other than the fact that Jeremiah Davenport, somebody has to figure out that he's hit two or three threes, you know. But but beyond that, um, beyond that, I thought they played pretty credible um, uh, defense for the most part. Um, you don't want to let Saunders, you know, go to the free throw line as much as he did on the drive. But but the fact of the matter is, the offensive end. I mean, you know, of course, as soon as you don't practice defense, you'll end up having the worst defensive games in the history of mankind. But my goodness, you have got to do something. I mean, I, I mean, they couldn't even get the, the the long shot in seven seconds, you know, because they had. If they did that, it was you know a thirty five footer that wasn't going to go in. Um, th- this was a frustrating one to watch. I I was disappointed. I was hoping Hawkins would do a little more than than um, two points and one rebound in in 23
1: minutes. Yeah. Um, See, and that's what I'm saying, production-wise. You can't have starters do that. Yeah, you I agree. Have the, you can't. And 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 that's a bad look. And so, to me, it took him – I was hoping – I thought he would do well because it took him a while, the first half, to get adjusted to Marquette. Second half, he was much more aggressive and seemed confident. But shooting is – to me, it's about confidence. And it looked like to me when once one got down, and they thought, oh, I'm not for sure, I'm not for sure, it's different. And I think the whole team just went down with it. And I, haven't, I didn't get a chance to listen to Coach Underwood's press comments. I wish I would have. I'm really curious to know what he thinks and, you know, if there'll be changes made. You don't panic, but I'm telling you, as a coach for me, I'm telling you right now, uh, Brandon Pajinsky and RJ Melendez, and
0: also Hutcherson, will get
1: some minutes. And yeah,
0: they're going to come out there. Yes, sorry. I, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I love Hutcherson. I love his game, and I think as he gains confidence, you know, he's got an opportunity. I mean, you know, he he got two offensive, two offensive rebounds in ten minutes. Um, you know, he he gets involved in a lot of things with a block and a steal you know, and he passed up a couple of nice threes as yeah. well. Um, so I, I think you've got him and, and I, I don't know what it is about RJ Melendez, but that guy's, he just has that basketball sense that you just can't coach. You know, somebody, yes. th- somebody throws up a shot and who gets the rebound on the other side? Oh, that's RJ, you know, and, and he just gets himself in, in nice positions and he gets into the middle of, of the action, and I think you almost have to have to play him. I mean, he had three rebounds in five minutes. I mean, that's I know that's a short period of time, but that's hard to do. You know, think about uh, how many rebounds you said Coleman Hawkins had.
1: Uh, Coleman had one in twenty three. Okay, and see, and, and this is my point. That can't happen. And you talk about another guy who can create his own shot. RJ's that guy. He's capable of doing it. I think – I don't know if Brad doesn't trust him. I couldn't tell you, but I I know this for me. Uh, it's You know, it, I call it tough love. If you want to be on the court, then you prove it. Brad's job is to win games. And if those guys are going to come out there and, like you said, Hutchinson – because there was one sequence where Hutchinson missed a three and it looked really good coming off of his hands. There yep. was one sequence where they battled on the board and they battled and they couldn't get it. It was late in the second half, probably four or five minutes on the clock and then they miss three or four shots in a row, and then Cincinnati comes down and just pulls up and shoots a five-foot jump shot. It's a dagger. They make the game look more difficult than what it has to be. And I think, you know, you can send a message to some of those guys who are just on the court. But, again, I mean, I guess looking at the numbers, Mike, you know what, Jacob Grandison was another one, like you mentioned. He, you just – what was his stat line tonight, again?
0: So, Grandison played 15 minutes. He had two rebounds. Did get three fouls, had one assist, one turnover, and one point.
1: Can't. You are not going to win games by doing that.
0: That's it. Well, and, and, and yeah. look, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about our line-eye guy, Demonte Williams. Now, I know he didn't score, but you're looking at a guy out there who got 10 rebounds. He led the team in rebounds. He's obviously he – ended up with two steals. He had a turnover. And he went 0 for 2 from the 3 and 2 for 2 from the free throw line. So 27 minutes, and he he only had two points.
1: And here's what's hard about that. And this is frustrating to me. He had 10 rebounds. He had yeah. 11 last week. That's I know. 21 rebounds. And that's why he plays. But I just wish he was more of an offensive threat because, to me, I, I get it. I understand that. And, and when somebody questions Brad about playing him, even like me, the guy got ten rebounds tonight. He got more rebounds than anybody on both teams, I'm assuming. And there was guys on the floor, four or five guys on the floor that were six hitter taller on both teams.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I that's the only reason that I brought it up because you know, say what we want about DeMonte, Sometimes the offense is there and 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 it seems like we've reverted back to his junior year versus last year's first senior year um offensively, at least from a shooting standpoint. But 10 rebounds for a six and I'm telling you, he's listed as six three and he's not six three.
2: No. Um
0: because he and I, you know, we 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 you know I, I went to the same AAU circuit, you know, central Illinois that he played at. And he and I are roughly you know within an inch of one another. And I'm six yep. one. Um but the bottom line is is I, I can't even I can't even fathom. I got to be honest, you know, tr- being my size and getting 10 rebounds in a, in a game is just with these guys that he, he has to Put compete seven with. Seven foot
1: taller, 6'10". Yeah, oh, yeah no, exactly. And, 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 and here's his effort. It really is. I yeah. don't know. Again, yeah. you don't want to push the panic button. But right now, I a team like it looks like it's probably going to be Kansas State, I don't know. I'm sending a message and I'm sending it and I'm sending it hard. Because to me, if they come out and they win Friday, you know, and they win by 30, 40 points, that's not gonna impress people. They've let some games truthfully, Marquette, they should have won, even without Kofi. And tonight I didn't I didn't see that coming. Didn't see it coming.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. And 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 this one, there's just there's really no way you can make any excuses on this because it was just you know, I mean, they 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 had their opportunity at the beginning of the game, and then um, just let it. They just let it go, and and you know, I, I think you you just when you have a team, I felt like they had a team on the ropes, and they had an opportunity to get a, a real life um, foul trouble just started and and just crush crush them and take the life out of them. And Kofi goes out. And and then, you know, you get you get um, I mean, literally, you know, Kofi goes out of the game at 23 to 8 after a layup. Next possession, Illinois turnover, then a missed three pointer, then a missed jumper, then a missed three-pointer, then a missed jumper. Then a turnover. Then finally, Omar Payne. You know, he missed. He he went one for one on free throws, or well, excuse me, one for two one on for free two. throws.
1: One for two. So I basically,
0: I mean, you know, that, that to me, that was when the game lost is not the right word, but you know, you had a you had an opportunity. All of a sudden, you know, um, when that happens, you know, you're sitting there looking at it. When Omar Payne made it it's 24 to 15 and, and dang near the next second, you know, uh, or, you know, during that next possession, you know, down goes uh, Cincinnati and and they score again and official timeout and DeMonte, you know, misses a three-pointer and, and uh, then Frazier misses a three-pointer and, um, you know, next thing you know, it's just a total uh, disaster. Um, it's a total disaster with with everything going on, and I, I don't know. You know, to me, they they had an opportunity, and they took Kofi out of the game, and and that's kind of where it just went down the toilet. So, uh, Ked, why don't why don't you wrap up, and then we'll bring in Matt Stevens, and then after we have Matt in, we'll see if Brad gets out of the press conference in one shape on uh, one piece over Kansas city and, and we'll, we'll get his feedback on that.
1: Well, again, it's, you know, I, they have a lot to work on a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things that they need to figure out. I know the fans are upset and they have a right to be, I mean, people who say they don't have a right to be upset. They're wrong. This team had high expectations and they're not living up to their expectations. To me, I get in the gym, and I shoot it, and I shoot it, and I shoot it. Some coaches don't like to say anything because they don't want to make it become mental. Shooting is a problem for this team. And the guys who are supposed to be shooting are the freshmen, and they don't get enough minutes. So right now, I think that's what they need to work on. And I've started running sets. I would really run a lot more sets and not just a motion offense because that dribble-weave offense isn't going to work. And you're right. How Loyola defended it last year, Teams are not starting to figure that out. So now it's time to make some adjustments. Now, Hopefully that they can make some adjustments because there's not very many games up on the schedule where they could say, hey, here's a signature win. Um, Cincinnati wouldn't have been, you know, if they had played Arkansas and won, that probably could have been, but that's not going to happen now. So that's my two cents and, you know, get back to the drawing board, but I really hope that I can see this team perform on, on the court offensively better than at the free throw line.
0: Yep. Well, I appreciate that, Ked. Thanks for coming on board. Sure, take care, guys. Thank you. Matt, you uh, watched the game. We talked about the, you know, you, you just can't win when you're um, – you got starters who played 20-plus minutes pulling in two points, you know, playing, you know, uh, Coleman Hawkins, 23 minutes, two points. Trent Fraser, 33 minutes, no points. Jacob Grandison, 15 minutes, one point. Now, DeMonte Williams was 27 minutes and two points, although give him a little bit of credit. He pulled down at a game-high 10 rebounds. But offensively, you know, the, the the shot, it was just amazing. You know, they end up shooting 28.1% from the field and 136 from the three-point line. How do you win a game like that?
3: Uh you, no, here's the thing: you defend and you play with some tough. I agree with Brad what Brad Underwood just said. How do you win a game like that? They did two years ago. They beat Rutgers fifty-four to fifty-one at home, playing a game like that. You defend and you play with toughness and you play smart, and you play with like you have some leadership on the floor, of which maybe minus Demonte Williams, who defended and rebounded his butt off all night. They didn't do it. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to paint this in a way that like illinois doesn't need to be better offensively but illinois needs to stop turtling and and i'll use i'll use the q word quit when the shots don't go go down because that's what they did um and this team's signature throughout the entire Underwood era to me has been on the defensive end of the floor and they just decided to turtle and quit and not defend i'm gonna
0: push back a little bit on that though because you know, now Now, granted, Cincinnati ended up shooting 41%, but up until two minutes to go, they had Cincinnati at like 37% shooting. I mean, I, it's hard for me to go back and think of a time that you held the other team to 37 38%, and you're down by 20
3: Right. I mean, I, I just – I feel like these guys – I feel like Illinois right now has a lot of guys, for Mike, that see – themselves or see who they are based off the offensive end of the floor. And they don't see a lot of what they do either. The re, you know the reason why Trent goes 0 oh, for whatever he went tonight and didn't score? Because nobody's screening for Trent. I mean, nobody. Like, Coleman Hawkins isn't screening for Trent. DeMonte played his butt off, but DeMonte's not screening for Trent. And nobody is trying to get Trent Frazier an open shot. And and so that's that's why Trent Frazier doesn't shoot it well. Um, Andre Alfonso Plummer and I, I've I've talked about it with Underwood. He's I mean, completely in a shooting funk at this point, and he knows it. Um, it's why his arms go up at State Farm Center when he finally hit a three in like that second game of the year. Um, and then I'll I'll just add what I what I what I brought back from Milwaukee, which is I don't know how you feel about it, Mike, but a lot of teams in my at, at guesstimation kind of take you know who they are and what they are and how they play based off of their point guard play and for a large portion of the beginning of the game I thought Andre Carbello was really good and then Andre Carbello started playing for Cincinnati and I've heard it said by a lot of coaches including mine in high school you're a play for both teams guy right now Andre Carbello is a play for both teams guy because there's a point in which I think anybody that defends Andre Carbello when they know th- that – if Cincinnati – if you if you hook up Wes Miller right now, the Cincinnati head coach to a lie detector, and he's down 19-5, he still understands that if Andre Carbello's got the ball most of the time for Illinois, we're going to have a chance to get back in the ball game. It's just a matter of can we put the ball in the basket. Because Andre Carbello is going to give you a chance. Can tonight he has, what, five assists and five turnovers? Yeah. So from, from my standpoint, I'm not putting the blame on Carbello for this – you know, performance at all, but I also think that there's there's a
1: there's a point where
3: um, your 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 team he's got to stop letting guys you know get letting teams get back into games because he's doing stuff that's just fundamentally like mind blowing and um but you don't put it on him tonight because Jacob Granderson was terrible, Coleman Hawkins was terrible. Trent Frazier couldn't make anything and Alfonso Plummer couldn't make anything. Now there are reasons for all of those things, but, um, you know, again, I'll give Plummer, I'll give Plummer a pass. He was
0: two for five from the three. Now one of them didn't really count, you know, it was late in the game, but he doesn't um, look
3: comfortable shooting. And I didn't think I was going to say that four games in. I yeah, thought that you dead a shooter and he yeah, know. the one he,
0: sh- the one he made was like a no, 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 no. Yes. And I've also seen
3: him put the side of a backboard at Marquette, which i never thought I'd see out of him from yeah. the corner. So he just doesn't look comfortable. Um, it was a terrible night for Jacob Granderson. I don't know what that was about, but when you when you have a 23-year-old in your starting lineup, he needs to play a heck of a lot better than that. Uh, so, but but I, just, I just think this team uh, – it, it's got to be humbling for Brad Underwood to end a press conference saying, we just don't have a whole lot of leadership, we don't have a whole lot of toughness, and I don't know where it's going to come from. And when he was asked where, who he looks for – for leadership and toughness on this team. He said anybody and everybody, and then he started mentioning players, and he didn't mention his point guard. And so yeah. that, that that's a telltale sign for me that you know Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams and 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 Jacob Granderson have got to have got to pick themselves up and play a lot better and have a direct impact on the other guys on the team. Because as I wrote last week, Mike coming out of Milwaukee, I would assume he was not here anymore, and and there isn't a first-team consensus All-American that you can just throw the basketball to and know that you're going to have something good happen right now on this team, and they just don't have it. And right now, that's a huge problem for Illinois. Okay,
0: we got Brad Sturdy live from Kansas City. Brad, um, we're going to ask you to break down and give us a few thoughts. And um, I know we can hear, folks, you can hear the actual game of Kansas State and Arkansas in the background. Brad? What do you have to say because, Lord, people are needing something right now.
2: Yeah, it was, um, you know, obviously it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't the type of performance that Illinois wanted. Um, they were not what they expected. Um, they, they did not play well on either end of the floor. I, I think that, that the, I thought early on when the offense was going well, I thought they did a good job defensively. Um, as the game went on, um, we saw them maybe, you know, as the offense went cold, they lost the effort on defense, and, yeah. and, and they, they weren't playing hard on defense. So if you look at the first, you know, first eight minutes versus the last 32 minutes, they were completely different. Um, I thought Illinois got uh, hammered at the power forward spot by Jeremiah Davenport. I thought um, they got beat the point guard spot. I thought Mike Saunders just completely disrupted them offensively. I thought he took them out of what they wanted to do. And the other thing that we've talked about this for many, many years, um, Cincinnati doesn't have, you know, the great length that you would expect from a team that would give them trouble. But they still gave them trouble on the wings. Those wings could not get open. They could not get there. They could not find a way to be, um, you know, effective on offense. And I think that's a, a killer. I mean, I think that is, you know, when you get nothing out of anybody, you know, and, and you know, uh, we, we've been on Bello. Um, we've complained about Bellow, and. We bagged on him a lot, and I think there's some there's some merit to that. But at the same time, if you're not getting any kind of production from anybody but Kofi and Andre Carbello, the pressure on them is immense. And I, I don't think people understand how difficult it is to play when they when it's two on five. Yeah. And until somebody else steps up and does something. Now I will say this. Two guys that the positives for me tonight were Austin Hutcherson and R.J. Melendez. Yeah. I thought both of those guys came in and did a good job. I know the game was technically out of reach when R.J. came in mostly, but I thought they did well. And they're going to need Hutch. Um, I think Hutch showed some things that nobody else could do. He had a really nice block. He had a couple offensive rebounds. He was able to get in the paint. Um, His three went in and out. I thought it was the best-looking shot of the night, other than maybe the one Plummer hit early. Um, But, yeah, I – you know, I thought those guys gave us good. You know, right now, it got to the point where offensively, Illinois couldn't play Omar Payne offensively. Um, defensively, he he did some good things, but they couldn't put him on the floor offensively because um, he couldn't catch the ball. Um, they fumbled ca- catches, and Kofi did this well. After the early start, he looked good. I thought he got a little fatigued. That's why they were trying to get him some minutes early. Um, obviously, that didn't pay off. Um, but and then so you know, you look at those things. I, I, hopefully, maybe Plummer hitting that last shot tonight will sp- spur him on to start making some shots. I mean, he was two of five from three, but that last one, obviously, like we said, was after the game was over. Maybe that'll spur him on to get hot tomorrow. Um, maybe you can get Austin Hutcherson, you know, another 10 minutes, um, get him some time in the first half. He's gonna show you, but you know, you've got, uh, you know, when you look at these guys, Trent Frazier had an offensive rating of 10. I mean, that's almost impossible to do. I mean, that is hard to do. But you're O of nine. He had two assists, one turnover. Um, didn't make it. Didn't score. Andre Carbello had a usage rate of 41 and an offensive rating of 78. You're not going to score if your guy with a usage rate of 41 only has a 78 offensive rating. You know, Grandison 38, Demonte 76, Coleman Hawkins 57. Just terrible offensive numbers. And yeah. I think each guy. Yeah. Yeah. Let their offense affect their defense. They didn't Are you play noticing play?
3: what Underwood said in the press conference, which is basically, "Hey, if you're Jacob Branderson, if you're Demonte Williams, if you're Coleman Hawkins, and it's just not going for you offensively, hey, how about we try to get Trent some open looks? Because like, there was no screening tonight. There was no ball movement. There was nothing like that. And I, I don't blame. I don't. I don't. I, I, my thing is, is I know Trent had an off night offensively, but he also didn't have that many open looks. And that's because they're not running him off a whole bunch of stuff that getting him open either. You know what I mean? Like I just felt like Underwood is so frustrated about guys that are letting ball, not going in, affect them in other ways, whether it's defense or doing other things to help you win.
2: Yeah. Well, totally. I think defense, and I don't think they screen very well, but I think Trent, Trent, Trent's on Trent. I mean, the way he played tonight was on him. I thought he didn't play the same defense. He usually does either. I think he let his shooting affect his defense. I thought you know he's 0 for 9 some of those are bad shots he also had a one-on-one situation where he probably took one of the worst one-on-one moves I've ever seen um in, in there too so I mean he did he yeah. did enough to kind of make himself you know miss too uh but you know Trent's a 6-1 shooting guard basically he's gonna struggle uh, sometimes to get those clean looks just because he you know of the way you know because of his size so I think it's tough and you know, it's not easy, but, you know, that's what you, you know, you, you count on these guys. You got to get Coleman Hawkins has to be, you know, he, he's had 13, 13 points or and eight rebounds, I think, in in every game or something yeah. like that. I mean, and tonight he gets, you know, one, what, two points and one rebound or something like that. So just not, not good enough for fell is like going to be good.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is, is, and, and I've been the guy on this bandwagon and you've had to hear it, but, Hutcherson, they got to get, you know, now that he's starting to feel healthy, they got to see what he's got because he adds something to this team. And I think, Brad, you've coached a lot. I've coached a lot. When you've got a big guy and then you've got a, 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 a wing slash guard like Hutcherson or Io last year and Curbelo. The defense now is they, they pay for trying to help or they pay if they go one-on-one. And right now with, with just with, with just Kofi and Curbello, you can almost play a three-on-two game and, and you don't even have to guard anybody else with the performance of tonight.
2: Yeah, you're allowed to one thing about it is the way they can defend trent they can trail him on screens because he's not a threat to curl yep that makes it difficult because he's not a finisher so they stay on his tail which makes it hard for him to shut off being shorter so you need a guy who's athletic and has length like an austin hutcherson who can come off that and then go to the rim and just dunk it on somebody's head and and i think you even saw io do that they had to play io straight up coming off that curl yep and so it allowed him to step behind you saw those guys on cincinnati were able, they used a lot of, they, they ran Trent off screen, rescreen action over and over. So he'd fight over and then they'd rescreen you have to fight back over to get that second one. It made it really tough. I thought it was great game plan by them after the game going on just to, and it wears, it, that, you know to your point Matt, that wears Trent down. When you have to consistently guard the ball over and over and Mike Saunders is so fast and quick. I mean, I'm telling you what, if he talked about it in the post game, you don't realize how – I th- think you can simulate, and you can't. Because, I mean, you know, Bello's quick, Trent's quick, but this guy's a different level of quickness. And uh, so you also see a lack of creators. I mean, who can get their own shot? You
3: know, Carbello, that's it. Carbello's that's the only thing running. I was going to say, Brad, is that the lack of a, another ball handler that this team can get stuff going offensively, like they've tried to put Trent on the ball for two games now and it hasn't worked.
2: Because no, well, you try-
3: have to be able to A-sit Carbello just to give him a breather or sit Carbello when he's kind of losing his mind a little bit, and you want to you want to get to like a media timeout, and they can't do it right now.
2: Can't. no, they can't. And I mean, Trent was struggling. You know, he had the turnover late against Marquette, fine, but he struggled tonight to bring the ball up against Saunders. Like literally, could hard hard time getting the ball across half court. But I can't
0: blame him there because Saunders is good. You know, I mean, he
2: is quickest. I mean, he is so quick. And but you know, that's where you got to expose him a little bit by getting him you know getting to the basket because you can shoot over him. You know, you got to get down in the paint against him. You got to be strong. And, um, and and he's strong physically, but you got to be able to get by him and get him down around the rim. You can score against him. Um, you know, Bello did that a few times. He just took some wild kind of crazy shots when he got there. So, you know, now Illinois probably likely going to play Kansas State tomorrow. And the uh, fighting Bruce Weber's that should be an exciting one, right?
0: Yay. Yay. <laughs> well, so they got
2: to it- write, write the ship. You know, right now we got out here. The LA coaches are sitting courtside scouting this one. And, you know, they got a lot of work to do. They got to get ready to go tomorrow. And, uh, you know, they got to get. But I don't even think it's like, you know, people are like, you know, what adjustments Underwood made? Needs to make adjustments. I don't know what adjustments you make other than you got to be a little tougher and you got to play defense and rebound, you know, get that toughness. They got beat to loose balls. But the other thing was, I thought they made some adjustments and they made some nice The second half, they'd make that ball screen start. They'd run the. They were over helping and you run that skip pass to the opposite wing off that ball screen the guys are wide open. They wouldn't shoot it. I know they were afraid to. They, they, it's head fake and drive in and it's like just shoot the ball. I mean, I, that, like that, I mean, you got a chance to get a rebound, but now you drive and they're trying to make passes that weren't there and it, it was just really frustrating to watch. Well, they yeah.
0: drive into a bad situation. That's the worst part. It's like I'm open for a shot or I can do a head fake and I can drive into two guys and then not know what to do with it. Yeah. And so you've we used to call those guys who did that, we called them three dribble specialists because by the third dribble, they dribbled into trouble. And and that's kind of the way that I felt our offense looked all night.
3: Yeah, all night. I'd add what Sturdy says. that like I don't think this is an X and O problem. I don't think this is a coaching adjustments problem. I, this is a problem to me is that I don't know what Illinois is from a identity standpoint right now. I know that that's kind of a cliche, but cliches are cliches sometimes for a reason. Usually in the Underwood era, guys, like, they have defended their tail off. They've gotten a whole lot of those 50-50 balls, and they've just played harder than the other team, even when they got beat. Like, sometimes when they got beat. Cincinnati whipped them because they played harder. And they played smarter, and I, they had they knew what their identity was even when they were down nineteen four.
0: Uh, now I'll argue one point though. I'll argue one point with you guys, and you guys tell me what you think. Okay. We're up twenty three to eight. We got they're in foul trouble. We got our boot on their neck, and we take Kofi out, and we stop going inside. And we let them back into the game, and I'm sorry. Call and I said this to Ked, call me Brett Bielma, but I'm going to get the ball to Kofi and foul out that entire team if I have to, and Kofi I'm was, not saying
2: ta- Kofi was gassed.
0: I know right. I, I understand, but I'll call a timeout, Brad. I will call a timeout and let him get a minute of of oxygen and and go right back out and yeah. do it again.
3: Yeah. And the, the thing I'll say to that though, Mike, is that I felt like last year and the year before. The put your throat on the team was we're going to we're going to suffocate the hell out of them defensively and and yeah. have them basically have lose all faith that they could, they're going to be able to do anything by the time halftime rolls around. We're gonna Like that's the way that under which teams have played in the past. And that's the way that it, they're they're number one in Ken Palm for in defense going into tonight for a reason. Yeah, well, I'm call, looking at fouling them out. not go in and they were like, well, we're just going to turtle and run tonight. Yeah, like, I'm,
0: I'm but I'm looking like I'm going to foul those guys out. I mean, I got yeah. that. I mean, look, and again, I wasn't a good coach. You know, Brad would have killed me if we would run into each other. But if I've got play, if I got impact players on the inside and I can get them into foul trouble and get them sitting on the bench and then I get my guys going inside i i've never you know again i've never had anybody a cajillion as good as Kobe coburn but i'm gonna go in there and, and i'm gonna create havoc the rest of the way and see where the chips fall and i just i thought we had him there and i remember if you go into our game room which anybody who wants to subscribe to alignguys.com brad's in the game room matt's in the game room and a bunch of fans who are yelling at us are in the game room so um, but the bottom line is, is we're, we're doing back and forth. And I was just counting like empty possession, empty possession, empty possession, because we just we had possession after possession with nothing coming out of it. And I just kept thinking to myself, this would be where you need, as uh, old Dick Vital would say, you need the aircraft carrier on the inside and take it in and see where it takes you. But I'm old so yeah. go ahead, you're there
2: no i i agree i mean i agree with you a little bit but i also i i mean just watching kofi he's not in yeah the the, the shape he needs to be in he just hasn't played games the energy with the crowd i don't I think agree. he's ready for that i just um, felt like
3: also like this is my fear was when underwood did the whole thing at marquette where it's like when we get kofi back or like after Marquette, he was like when we get kofi back We'll be good. It's you know, and yep. it, it didn't say it. But it was good. And I sat there and I went, wait, a whoa, 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 There were a lot of things that happened at Marquette that Kofi doesn't solve all, all by himself. And tonight, Kofi didn't have a darn thing to do with not being able to guard Saunders. I mean, well, you know, he didn't. and he doesn't have it. And really, I felt like I wanted to almost challenge Underwood on like Kofi doesn't help you pound the basketball into the deck twenty for twenty seconds and not know what you're doing on
2: offense. Like, hey, you know, you know what? I'll even say this. I think this may be sacrilege but I think they're better defensively with Payne at center than they are with Kofi. Oh, now, I would. Obviously, they're a nightmare offensively, comparatively speaking. I mean, you know, because Payne's recently, yeah, uh, not a factor offensively. But I think, you know, I saw in the first half when Kofi went out, you know, Payne was actually good defensively, but he just can't, you know, he can't, can't score, you know, at all. You know, so it just kills you. that
3: I would argue they're better defensively maybe without Carbello, but there's nobody to run the offense. So exactly. That's
0: not a yeah, that, that's
3: – And they're better They're better with that DeMonte at the four deal with Coleman on the bench, but that's not going to last for 30 minutes, you know, so what do you yeah. do?
2: You better you better hope Austin Hutcherson steps up that's and it. these other guys fill in. Carbello kind of finds his way. I mean, they'll get better. I mean, you know, it's, it's early. One thing people have to understand, it's early, they'll get better. Um, Underwood's teams have had some brutal early season losses in the past couple of years as well. Um, the, the was it Miami a couple of years ago watching Flakes <laughs> out here. I mean they were ranked under they were ranked over a hundred 104 in Ken Palm. they lost at home. They were down like 20 some points so you know they've lost some games Missouri a couple of years ago was really bad you know and, and last year Missouri wasn't good either but but you know they've lost some non-conference games but usually his teams and historically speaking, they get it together before the end of the season, so you know. Well, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt at least till the end of the season. My yeah.
3: fear, my fear with that, Brad, is that there was a guy named Ial who who, literally, before Underwood got in the locker just cuss him out and go, "I'm not going to let you guys do this." I saw, I, I heard it, and saw it after the Michigan State game two years ago. They got beat by 20, and that was a turning point. They had a players-only meeting, and guess what? That players-only meeting was led by number 11. Yeah. Um, I don't know who does that on this team, right? I don't. I think if it's Demonte, great. But like Demonte's not doing enough offensively to give enough credibility to do that. I don't. So like maybe he can. I don't know. Somebody, (laughs) maybe,
2: maybe. But I mean, I always look at who's. I mean, it's it's not just here. I I would look back at even at Oklahoma State. They had the same issue too. And Iowa wasn't on that team. So I I I look at it more. Players gotta. You know, coaches have to take a little bit more of a, a role when you don't have a guy like I would So I think it's on them to maybe step up. And maybe it's a guy like – I think it's hard for a guy like Chester Frazier who's new to the program, really. But I think maybe it's Chet. You know, Chet says, look, guys, I've been through this. I've been through – I've had my ass kicked and come back. And, I've, and I, you know, the one thing about it is did you ever see a game where somebody played harder than Chester Frazier on the other team? You never did. So in four years. So I think that's where he's got to maybe, – maybe he can say that, you know. That's one hey, thing about it. I don't um, need that answer at all. Well, I don't. Really know. Yeah, I mean,
0: so. Well, I, I think the other part is.
2: I wish we didn't have the question, Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you got it, but you got to be. I, I'm sorry, but you've got to hit shots and to get open looks at a basket. You got to freaking move on offense, and there was just too much standing there. I felt like I was in a theater with a with a with a bucket of popcorn. Watching a movie, they were watching a movie, moving just as much as I do in a theater, because there there was too much of that.
2: I I, I said I agree, but you know what? What did what did uh, Cincinnati do on offense?
3: They had, they, they, had, Saunders, they ran Saunders off about two or three screens every
1: possession. That's what I know they
2: did. Well, but was Saunders and Julius, and they but they'd run those. They ran ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, and just over and over and over. It's basically not that different. They just made better decisions and executed better out of it than Illinois did, and um, or they ran. And I thought the Davenport at the beginning of the second half, Davenport broke the game open yep. at the four spot. And, and yep. a guy like that, Illinois just hasn't. Illinois needed like Coleman Hawkins to step up or Jacob Grandison to step up, and be a guy like that in that situation.
3: Well, and again, it's two games in a row. Those we were like I, I watched it at Marquette. What did Marquette do on offense? Like really, what did they run? That was so dramatically great. Like, that's two totally teams. That's two teams that they've played now, where they go. We know what we are from an identity standpoint, and we're going to defend, and we're going to we're going to basically play harder from you, and eventually the ball is going to go in, or we're going to get to the foul line, and that's how we'll win. Yeah. And that's that's what Cincinnati knows their identity is, and they beat, they just beat a top fifteen team by twenty, you know, and they don't have offense, so. Yeah, no, I,
0: I I'm with you, and and I do think in the end the um you know ultimately the um the Illini are going to have to start making some shots, and they're going to have to sell out at the other end of the court, and um and then that will be where um you know where we'll see you know who steps up and does that, whether it's Austin Hutcherson, um, whether it's R.J. Melendez. Whether Coleman Hawkins get get comes back and and um, get you know uh, Coleman Hawkins um, comes back and um, you know the the bottom line is is the difference between Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali was when Muhammad Ali got knocked down and got beat he came back up and had a career that was as good if not better than what he did before he got beat and Mike Tyson never did Coleman Hawkins now. You know, he just got his butt kicked. So, what's he gonna do after that happened?
3: You know, I think we got a good idea, Mike, of what Trent Frazer is gonna do because we've got five, four and a half, five years of this is his fifth year of Trent's gonna pick himself off the deck and actually, you know, play hard. I, I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't worry about his after I don't have a concern about. I don't have a concern about that. What I have a concern about is going into tomorrow, Mike. Hell, if there's anything Illinois fans know about the coach that they might see tomorrow. Let's assume they get Kansas state. Cause I'm not assuming that it's in game darn games in Kansas city. Bruce might pull a rabbit out of his hat and actually get to the championship game of this sucker. Right. So, but if they do play Kansas state, <laughs> Illinois fans know that Bruce Weber knows how to muck up a game and, and from a, on the defensive end of the floor, keep his, keep his guys in the game um, every now and again. And that's exactly what Kansas state's done under Bruce. Guess who knows that real, real well. Chester Frazier, who's been on Bruce's bench, like as an assistant coach, God yeah. knows anybody. I don't know what the heck they're, they think they're scouting. They must be trying to scout Arkansas because Chet's got the scout on Kansas state. I promise you. Um, but they're going to play hard. And if Illinois doesn't play hard, guess what? Kansas state's going to beat them too. I don't care what kind of talent Kansas state. And I don't care if they're projected to finish near the bottom of the big 12. Bruce has got enough talent on that team that if they play hard and Illinois doesn't, they're going to get beat. Um, but if they play, if say, if, Bruce pulls a rabbit out of his hat and they get Arkansas. Trust me. I know something about Eric Musselman. He he does not let his team. He might make them walk home to Fayetteville if they don't play hard in, in, in a game against – in two straight games against uh, quality competition. So, Must doesn't take a whole lot of guff just like Bruce doesn't. And so, um, I, I I just – I'll get out of here on this is that we're now four games in, and I don't know what this Illinois identity is right now, Illinois' team's identity is right now. I certainly don't know what it is on offense, and I'm disappointed that I don't know what it is on defense either. And I don't think um, as good as he was in that early early spurt, and it reminded me of, God, nobody in college basketball has anybody that can guard Kofi one-on-one in the post. There just isn't anybody on the planet that can do it. Kofi doesn't solve all your ills right now. Unfortunately, and, and and I think that they just got a really bad taste of, of that reality tonight. And hopefully, we you know, Brad said it, and I think DeMonte said it, we all got to regroup and figure out who we are and what we are and what we're going to be about. But Because yeah. otherwise, otherwise they're going to lose another game to a Power 5 team. Because well, I don't care how bad Kansas State thinks – people think Kansas State is. If they play hard, Illinois no really doesn't, Illinois is going to lose.
0: Well, the, the thing I think, you know, if I was going to wrap it up here is is ultimately – you know, that the, the let, let's just assume that the team read their press clippings coming into the season and thought they were better than they were. Let's just assume that. Let's I'm not saying they did, but let's pretend. Then when they got beat, it was, well, we're really good. It's just Kofi wasn't here. So they they they're still kind of relying on that. Now all of a sudden the veneer's been stripped away, the, the emperor doesn't have any clothes. Now maybe they're willing to sit down and, and listen when Coach Underwood and Coach Frazier, Coach Alexander, Coach Anderson are screaming at him. And now maybe it's going to be, I got to pay attention because we're not number five. We're not in the top 25 anymore. And, and, then, and then you earn your way back. The one thing I'm confident of, and, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, is that this team, you know, Underwood teams improve as the season progresses. So I feel like, you know, the best predictor of the future is the past. And I feel like Underwood will figure out, you know, him and his coaches will figure out what they need to do to improve. But the problem is, is how far do you dip so that the improvement may not be high enough to get you where you want to go. And so they need to stop this slide. And, and, you know, if possible, they need to stop it tomorrow night. They need to, they need to win Friday night. And then they've got a Notre Dame team that no longer is an automatic W. And they need to go out and they need to, they need to be focused on beating them. These are not impossible tasks, but the mindset of the players has to be in the right place. And the other thing is, is is a kid like Austin Hutcherson who hasn't felt good for two years, let's hope he's feeling good because there is an opportunity for him. This team is looking for somebody to replace Io, and I'm not saying he will, but they're looking to fill a void. And while he may not be able to be Io, there's an opportunity for him to make a huge difference on this team. And and to be honest, maybe even for RJ Melendez, because they need that six five to six seven guy who can take the pressure off the small guards. And if these two don't come through and Jacob Granderson you know pulls a um his disappearing act, this is going to be a very long season.
3: Yeah, I was gonna add, if you didn't add it, that I would I would just have a quiet conversation with Jacob Granderson that. You 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 can't be that bad on both ends of the floor. You I I I can't Jacob. I can't be put in a position where I can't have you on the floor, because at 23 years old, you need to be somebody that I need to rely on to be on the floor. I can't be pulling you because I can't have you out there. And so yeah, I, I think I think Austin Hutcherson is going to develop through time. I don't know, Mike, and I, I I don't think anybody knows this. I think Sturdy and cat are the ones that might know this the best because. They have the most intel coming out of practices, but I'm not sure Austin Hutcherson knows everything that he's supposed to be doing on offense. And now I'm, I'm I'm saying that's not a reason to not maybe not put him in the game as much as, you know, he continues to get healthier and healthier, but this is going to be a development for him. I mean, I think RJ Melendez is going through, you know, what freshmen normally go through in college basketball. I think there's a lot of potential there. It's obviously a lot of potential in Austin Hutcherson. There's no doubt about that. But you need to have a quiet conversation with Jacob Granderson and you need to have a quiet conversation with Colin Hawkins that, look, you you two, I can't have a night where I can't have you on the floor. And there was a long stretch in that second half where Illinois may have been able to put together a run that gets them back in the game by that last media timeout. And Underwood just decided those two guys can't be on the floor. And that was a big letdown to Illinois potentially having a comeback. And that just can't happen. you got a 23-year-old and a kid that you're relying on as a sophomore to make that sophomore leap to be better, and they're not better. and, and, and Or at least they weren't tonight. And um, I don't think you're going to get a consistent night like that out of Jacob, but I don't think you can have it on the defense. Again, I, I don't mean to push this because I know they were so bad on offense. But if Jacob's going to be that mystery like, you know, guy that doesn't do anything offensively, at least guard wings a lot better than you did. And don't let that wing for, you know, Cincinnati just go off in the second half like Sturdy pointed out like that was all on Jacob, too. And so this team has no identity on either end of the floor right now, except for Kofi will save us and Kofi didn't save you tonight. And so. I don't know what they do other than pick themselves up and and find a way to just get a lot better on the offensive end and or when they don't see the basketball go in the hoop for a long stretches of time don't turtle up and quit on the other end of the floor either because you can win some basketball games that doing that too and and, and um, doing some special things on the other end too so um no, I, I think that there's enough talent to be winning basketball games that Illinois is not winning right now, and that's got to be frustrating for Illinois fans. I do echo what Sturdy has said, which is, you know, they've had non-conference games where you've kind of just thrown your arms up and we're like, what the heck happened here? That's why I kind of thought this would happen with this team. I, I actually thought it might happen in the Marquette game because it's a true road game and you're going to play eight on five anyway, and it's going to be one of those deals with fans in the stands again and blah, 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 blah. I didn't see this coming tonight because I kind of thought this team would be energized by Kofi's return. And for the first four minutes they were, and then it all went to hell once, you know, Kofi got gassed to be quite honest. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm as, I'm as confused and, and, you know, not having any clue as to what we're going to see tomorrow night as anybody else. And I, I don't know if anybody in that, in that, you know, locker room or in that team hotel room right now has any clue what they're going to see tomorrow night either. And that's, that's troubling.
0: Yeah, that's, that's probably the, the most, the most uh, frustrating thing. And I don't know, maybe, maybe if you're coach um, Underwood, you give, um, you give uh, uh, Curbelo a um, film of him, his highlights from the last 10 games of last year. And and give him a visual of what he needs to look like. Um, again, not that everything's his fault, but maybe there's maybe there's some things that you can do to help him out um, to get what he to get what he needs
3: to potentially. Yeah, my his concern game. with Bellow, Mike, quickly is that I felt like Underwood did an awesome job last year in kind of recognizing. When the train was coming off the tracks with Bello, and he would kind of sit him for a little bit, let him cool down a little bit. But he, but he can't do
0: that this year because there's nope. nobody to go in there.
3: Yeah. Nope, can't. And that's that's part of I think what's killing this team is the idea that you can't sit Bellow and let him go back and kind of watch the game from afar, and then next the next media timeout bring him back in. There was that option to do that last year, and they were still really really good on both ends of the floor. Um, Carbella was like the most, you know he was the greatest energy guy to come off the bench for the Illini and God knows how long for, and for Underwood, he can't be that guy this year. And the reason he can't be that guy is again, like, like I saw tonight, they put Trent on the ball and he didn't have any clue how to get them into anything offensively. So um, he can't be that guy. And you're right, Brad or Mike, I think they they need to show Bellow just some stuff. You know what I would do? I would, if I was like Jeff Alexander right now, I would show, Arbello like 10 the last 10 games of him just doing normal things like just just make a normal pass that's that leads to a bucket and go here's what you can do for us right now and oh by the way notice when you made that pass you didn't pound the rock into the freaking concrete like 20 for 20 seconds before you did it like um and you didn't get too far on the dribble drive before you did that so um there were a lot there are a lot of ways that Illinois can get better tomorrow but Uh, they need to find an identity. And the easiest way to do that, Mike, when you're still struggling offensively and maybe you are you kind of got your head spinning a little bit because you haven't had everybody and the cohesion's not there, you can find an identity on the other end of the floor and you can find an identity on the glass. And and the only way to do that, Kofi Coburn had six rebounds tonight, Mike. I mean, I I know that we expect a double-double out of him every night. Well, we expect a double-double out of him every night because physically he probably ought to get one. Yeah. You know, six rebounds is
0: not going to get it done. Uh, yeah. He had seven, seven, but yeah. I'm sorry. He had seven. Everything's better now, Matt. Seven. Right.
3: Yeah. Underwood kept saying he had six. So um when you guys get that video up, that's where that came from. Um <laughs> I, uh but yeah, I mean, and I knew from a conditioning standpoint, I don't care what he was doing on the treadmill, you know, game, game conditioning is just not like on no other. And, and Fletch wasn't going to be able to get him ready for 30 minutes tonight. I just knew that I knew that, but another another night where Underwood is just kind of shaking his head going where the hell are we where are we at right now because I I really believe that what scares me Mike and I'll get your thoughts on this I really think a lot of this a lot of guys on this staff including Underwood thought well when we bring the big guy back everything will be fine I don't know I, I I wonder sometimes if they were just telling us that because that's an easy way to answer the media question or did they actually really believe that because I think tonight they got handed a you know, a, a wet towel of reality to the face that was like, Nope, big boy ain't going to solve everything for you right now. And you got a lot more problems to figure out. Like that's, that's, that's the good news about what happened is that they, they've, they figured out, okay, we got exposed here, here and here and here. And none of those things are Kofi's fault, you know?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, and and maybe it's hard to know what the staff thinks. I mean, if I was coach Underwood, I would have definitely been selling, the Marquette law says it's all Kofi because, let's face it, the national guys would remember that narrative. Sure. Um, but that narrative just went out the window now. And so that's gone. And they're going to have to rebuild this. And I, I just think that, you know, you've got Curbelo, who I think if, if a third player emerges, Curbelo will probably right himself a little bit because he won't be forced to have the ball for the last, you know, 12 seconds of a shot clock and get into the pounding issue that we run into and the bad shot issue. But you you need to have that third guy to help defenses and spacing on the floor and, and that. And whether that's Coleman Hawkins, um, Austin Hutcherson, um, you know, I think some nights it'll be Trent Frazier. I think some nights it'll be Plummer. But but, again, you need, you need somebody who's consistent among Hawkins or Hutcherson or even, like I said, maybe even R.J. Melendez to go out there and do something, and if, if it doesn't happen, it's going to be
3: a challenging year. You know, I'm just spitballing here, Mike, but, you, I mean, getting your initial thoughts on this is that if Austin Hutcherson continues to get healthier and healthier and healthier and start to get more and more confident with everything with the offense, right, is it crazy to think he might be that number two ball handler that you can bring in off the bench if like, yeah, he
0: would, he, he might be, but, but let's, let's not put that pressure on him. I'm just
3: saying like, maybe the ball doesn't stick as much as it does with Carbello out there a lot when he's, when he's, you know, kind of, Going to the moon at this point. And then you go, Oh, the ball's not going to stick for a little bit. And now we. Well, oh, remember though, people, people you get got, into a rhythm and now you're yeah. now you're feeling good. Now you can put Carbello back in the game because you're feeling everybody's feeling. the oh, yeah. guys are feeling good. And Hutcherson feels like he's contributed. You know, yeah, what no, mean?
0: no. I yeah, and, and look, let, let's let's also be realistic. You know, remember the start of his sophomore year and parts of his freshman year, people are like, Io, you know, is taking the ball too much, and Io's doing this, and Io's doing that. Now he didn't struggle the way Kerbello has but uh, you know this is a part of the maturation and and ultimately they are like i said they are going to have to find um they're going to have to find a third person to take pressure off the defenses because i'll tell you i'm not that great a coach but if you tell me h- h- how i'm going to defend a team with just a center and just a point guard i can do that yep and and so, you, you know, you've got to have somebody on the wing who can score and they can't be so one dimensional unless you have two or three catch and shoot guys. And right now we, we thought we might add two with Frazier and Plummer. It hasn't worked out that way yet. The other thing I would tell Illini fans and then we'll close this out. But, you know, this is five games into the season. It's definitely take a turn that we didn't see. There are four games into the season. It's taken a turn that we haven't seen. Or foreseen, I should say. But, um, again, you know, Underwood has a way of working through these things. And while the fans are screaming and yelling and crying and upset, Underwood's worried about the game tomorrow night. And he doesn't have the luxury to call, curl up in a ball in a fetal position and and give up. And sure as hell, Jeff, Jeff Frazier's not going to do that. Uh, Jeff Alexander is not going to do it. Neither is Tim Anderson. Yeah. So so you know the team is going to – if if these guys have to drag and kicking and screaming, they will. But a coach can only do so much, and you need that third player to to elevate and and say, here I am. And if that doesn't happen, it's going to be a challenge.
3: You're presenting the argument, Mike, and I don't disagree with you at all, 0% disagree with you, that maybe the best thing for Illinois is that they play tomorrow night. They play somebody tomorrow night. And yeah. honestly, like, the the way that you get over a loss is not having a whole lot of time to think about it. These guys aren't going to have a whole lot of time to think about how much they stunk it up, you know, tonight. And maybe that's the best thing for them, honestly. And I, I'm, I'll i buy that 100%. Yeah, and I,
0: and I don't know. Like I said, it, it's really unfair to put a lot on Austin Hutcherson because he's been out for two years.
3: No, that's why and, I kind of said I was spitballing, Mike. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, but I'm
0: being honest with you. I I, I think he's – and this isn't fair, but I think he's the, their last best hope. And um, I I think, you know, if he has the um, cardio to do it, because again, when you're, when you're out for a week and a half, two weeks, and then you have to go play against college level athletes in D one, that's asking a lot to go out there and just all of a sudden just be keeping up with them, et cetera. But you know, I, I, that's a guy that I get 10 minutes in each half and and I start that progression looking at the big 10 season. Um, Maybe I'm overly enthusiastic about him, but you know, I put some chips in that corner. And of course the other guy that I, that they've got to figure out the code on is Omar Payne because his defense is good. And I don't know, you know, it's, it's very interesting, but if he had If he had RJ's instinct to where to go when the ball goes up in the air, you could leave pain in because he'd get 20 rebounds a game.
3: You know, Yeah, or he had – yeah, or that instinct or fight of DeMonte Williams. Because DeMonte, to me, there were two or three instances tonight where DeMonte Williams got an offensive rebound, and I'm like, well, he didn't – he's not physically supposed to get that, but he knew where the ball was going to be. Like – as a fifth year senior. So, no, I think you're right. I, 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 I've been the pump, the brakes guy on Austin Hutcherson since, you know, practice started. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in that camp for a while simply because I I just, I don't want to, again, like you said, I don't want to put that too much on that kid, but I do, I would find ways for him to be productive as we, as he continues to get healthier, 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 Mike, the, 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 the best, and the greatest hope for Illinois to me is that Andre Carbello and Coleman Hawkins get humbled and they start to realize, gee, losing sucks. Yeah. Like, that's the way I figure this team's going to get better is because because God knows Trent Frazier knows what this is like. And he doesn't, he doesn't want to keep doing it. And DeMonte knows what this is like. Hell, DeMonte was on the floor when they lost Underwood's first exhibition game at Eastern Illinois. So, like. Like he knows what this lo- looks like and feels like, and it can't happen. But Colin Hawkins and Andre Curbello don't know this. Like, and when they start to understand, damn, losing sucks. Like, we got to figure out another way to do this. Let's figure out another way to, for this to go. And and two years ago in East Lansing, and I mentioned it on January second, two thousand. You know, two years ago, Ayo who figured it out. And basically, I heard him yell in the locker room, "I will, I will not let you guys let me lose like this ever again." I, if I have to drag you blankety blanks throughout this entire season, I'll do it. I don't know who that guy is, but they need somebody. And and like Sturdy said, Mike, maybe it can be a coach and maybe it can be Chester Frazier. Maybe it can be Chet to go like, look, guys, we will not – I will not sit here on this bench and watch you guys get out-hustled out, out hustled like you did tonight. I don't care if you lose. I don't care if they, if they make every shot. You won't – they will, you know, the team in the other uniform won't play harder than us because I won't stand for it. And if anything about Chester Frazier's era of basketball, when he put on a jersey, that was what you knew was going to happen. So I don't know. like, Like I said, maybe the best thing for Illinois is that they have to play tomorrow night. They have to play somebody, and then they have to figure out how to win that basketball game because then you can start to figure out how to turn this around. But right now, I struggle to find an identity with Illinois, and I think that's the most concerning thing for me.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, tomorrow night, we'll be out talking about this again, and hopefully uh, it will be a better outcome than what we saw tonight. And look, folks, bottom line is there's a lot of inside information on Illini sports. Um, I can honestly tell you if I thought the team, we should pack up our bags and give up. I would tell you, uh, anybody who knows me knows that you don't ask a question of me unless you want to know the answer. Um, and, I, and I really think that, that this team is good. So if you want to be a part of the Illini experience, I would highly recommend going to IlliniGuys.com and subscribing. There are going to be, there's going to be one super cool black Friday special. So you heard it here first. Don't tell anybody about it, but there's going to be a black Friday special that you just might want to take a look at. Uh, We'll have that up, but you get seven days and we do not charge you until the seventh day. So it's basically one week free. I guarantee you by the time you go back on those message boards, you read the, the nuggets that are dug up by Brad Sturdy, by Kedrick Prince, by Matt Stevens, the guys who are covering the programs. Um, you're going to be like, oh, well, I didn't know that. Huh. I think I need this so that I can be well-informed Illini fan. And then you get the podcast. You're going to get a lot this week. You're going to be tired of us this week, but you're going to get one tonight. You're going to get one tomorrow night. You're going to get one Friday night. You're going to get one Saturday. You're going to get one next Monday, um, barring some sort of laryngitis hitting the the Illini guys. Um, So you're going to get podcasts. You're going to get all sorts of feature stories. It's well worth the price. Go to that. Additionally, this weekend, You want to get prepared for the Illini game, you know, against Iowa. You want to be prepared for the basketball game on the weekend. That's when you tune in to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, a two-hour, once-a-week radio show. You go to our radio tab on our website. It'll show you all the stations. There's 25 of them who broadcast it, what time they have it, and you can find the station closest to you. Please listen to it. And the bottom line is, is whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. So for Brad Sturdy, who got booted out of the stadium, uh, who knows what he was doing back there, but I, we don't think he was being unruly, but, you know, it was a frustrating night to be covering the Illini Um, Brad's for Brad Sturdy, Kedrick Prince, Matt Stevens. This is Mike Kegley saying go Illini and we're better go well tomorrow night. Thank you.